Hey, Chapel Bell Curve listeners. Justin here saying hello. Long time no talk, my friends. But it is good to be here and it is good to be heard. Uh, If you've been following us on social media, you may have heard that Nathan and I have partnered this past summer with a couple of damn good dogs by the names of Graham and Josh. You may know them better, though, from their Twitter handles, West and DogStats. They're spearheading a video show where they, along with a rotating list of sports enthusiasts, ourselves included, will join them throughout the football season to go a bit further in-depth on all things UGA football. So you'll see those audios from those videos uploaded right here on the Chapel Bell Curve show page. So these aren't replacing the Chapel Bell Curve shows by any means. Uh, They are just adding to the experience, we hope. So we hope you enjoy them. Uh, But later this week, you can expect Nathan and I to release a preseason episode along with our Arkansas preview for your listening pleasure. And we are looking forward to forging ahead and finding some sort of joy alongside each of you during this super strange time. And if there's anything else that we can do for you right now or going forward in the future, please feel free to reach out to us because we'd love to hear from you. You'll hear from us again very, very soon. Until then, stay safe and go dogs. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, this is Nathan Lawrence of Chapel Bell Curve and also various other sundry dog sports um, scribblings. And I am joined tonight by Josh Hancher of the Dog Stats Twitter um, and hopefully soon Graham Coffey, also of Dog Sports fame, who wrote a very, very good article that I really would like to hear him talk about. Even in, um, he wrote a very good article, even in in light of the fact that we have a new schedule to work uh, to talk about, I still want to listen to uh, hear him talk about his article from yesterday but first things first uga now has its official schedule um such as that a thing like that can exist right now um and we are gonna just talk through it and give our thoughts on what it looks like um josh what's your sort of like first like reaction like first brush uh that we're not playing on october 31st in the world's not largest outdoor cocktail party um, that was, I kind of thought that, that that might get shifted around because, you know, the traditions are kind of getting, and certainly the next thing that jumped out at me is Auburn, Tennessee, Alabama, uh, pretty much after we get to reunite with Sam Pittman. So that's a kind of a, we're going to find out, Hey, there's Graham. We're going to find out pretty quick, uh, <laughs> what we got or, yeah. you know, I mean like that, that Auburn game, second game of the season with a new offense and new quarterback, it looks looms, looms large. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that the sort of cute, my, my bigger concern is sort of just the cumulative effect of the Auburn and Tennessee games on the Alabama game. I think that Auburn has lost a lot of defensive front seven talent. So, you know, I, I don't know that that is going to be something that's a game that we actually, I mean, I think we obviously have to worry about it every time we play Auburn because they're horrible, but I don't know how much of a, like my bigger concern is just like, if if you lose two of those games, the season's kind of over, basically, right? I mean, am I wrong? Um, I don't. It's hard to say. No, I don't. I, it puts you in the get back against the wall for sure. Uh, I just don't know. I mean, there's going to be a lot more losses. I, I think the idea of of two losses that's eliminating, true eliminating you is not. I mean, I mean, because no one's getting through unscathed. I mean, I'd be surprised if Alabama doesn't even have an upset. I mean, I guess any any loss would be an upset, but. 
outside of, of LSU A&M, I think they might, somebody might sneak up and beat them. And there's just so many things that could happen. I mean, like your offensive line could get sick and, uh, you know, right. your center could get, you know, quarantined for two weeks. You know, it's just any, anything can happen yeah. this year. It's kind of exciting, actually. I, I do actually have some thoughts about what, what does that look like if you, I mean, do you just straight up take a loss or a forfeit? Like what does a forfeit look like? If you have 35 players quarantined. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, they've got they've got an open date for makeup games after the fifth after the last week on December 12th. So um, I guess the SEC. I guess that would be the first. That would be the first thing you would do. Right. Right. Um, so, Graham, we, we were just we just started just before you got on. Sorry um, about that. Well, no, Graham. it's all right. No, 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 of course. So what is your what is your sort of like first brush emotional reaction to this? Uh what the fuck, Greg McGarity? First <laughs> <laughs> be wheeling and dealing, you know. Why are How, we... I, I'm proud and you're brave. That's what I want to say. Yeah. You're a brave man for saying that. Well, I mean, I look at it and uh, I think it was somebody on Twitter, uh Red Craig, who is one of our dog sports colleagues, said yesterday, uh when they announced the schedule was coming out today that he was ready for the, the Alabama, Florida, Auburn three game stretch. And that wasn't quite right, but Auburn, Tennessee. It wasn't that far out. Yeah, yeah exactly. So it's like, you know, Oh, sorry, Georgia. That's just how the ping pong balls spilled out of the basket. Um, oh yeah. I mean, there's pretty openly some frozen envelope bullshit going on right now. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. I mean, like looking at Alabama's schedule, there's no stretch like that. I mean, like LSU, Kentucky, Auburn for the open date before LSU. They get Georgia. You know, I guess AM Ole Miss, Georgia is probably, you know, it's a toughish stretch. But um, yeah, I, I am excited to see that Florida's opening with Ole Miss, though, because I think there's yeah. potential there. Wouldn't that be amazing? Um, yeah, I could see, I could see Lane like sort of like just sideways him, himself to a victory there. Oh, 100. Yeah. And it's also like if we play one week of college football and, uh, and if Florida loses to Ole Miss. Yeah. And we get to roll over Arkansas and then just talk like cash it for the rest of the offseason. Oh, that would be really beautiful. Okay. Well, let, let me, let me give you a, you know, I think we've talked this problem to death, what the season's going to look like. So let me, let's approach this, I think, for more of a just like, unequivocal yes no sort of situation which is over under three and a half games played for georgia this year over i'm going over i'm going full season i'm going full season too i think i think that uh as we days go by things are normalized i mean i mean i guess if we get to i think it's if we play one we play them all i I feel that way i'll I'll tell you why i'm going full season and it's because okay i'm ready well it's because uh, i noticed that unc today uh, the first day of their second week of classes sent everyone home. And so in effect, they created a bubble around right. athletics. And I think that scenario is going to play out at a lot of other places. And that is the best case scenario we have for a football uh, I would take over as well, but I don't have quite the confidence you guys do. I will say, I guess part of my, part of my hesitancy is that, um, the university system of Georgia has just been real backwards. And <laughs> I think you're right. I think actually you, if you like do a quote unquote bubble where you just have the team on campus and the staff and that's it, like you're, you can do it. Like 
they uh, they can throw money at the problem until they play the games. That's not the issue. It's just like, is USG going to allow us to go online? And right now, having a spouse who works in the, the USG system, um, they have been pretty adamant about not doing that. So I don't, you know, that is my concern because I think you're right. Under a sort of UNC style thing, yeah, we can go to distance here. But if USG is just like barely requiring masks and you're going to have every kid on campus and the East Campus dorms are totally full, I mean, that's to me, that feels like a recipe for disaster. Right. And I mean, I think UNC has like 14 or 16 campuses across the state of North Carolina. It's only the, you know, Chapel Hill. The Chapel Hill that's right. But, so, but see that like, and that's the other problem is that Jerry Moorhead has already said that he doesn't think that he has the power to cancel class, uh, to cancel in-person class, that only the USG board of trustees can do it. Um, hmm. So the, that is another, that my concern is not, can you play safely in a bubble? I think that the NBA has proven that you can. My yeah. concern is, will will Georgia politics prevent this from happening somehow? Will Georgia find a way to Georgia its way through this college football season? Isn't that a question we could ask about almost anything at any time? Yeah, it's true. But that I mean, that's my concern is that like you have a path in front of you that works. Like I am about the biggest season skeptic in the world, but I do think you can make it work with a with a you know, quote unquote, glorified bubble. But it just seems like that Georgia really don't want to do the right thing here. And I don't mean Georgia as a school. I mean, Georgia as a, as a geographical landmass. Yeah. Like, <laughs> okay. All right. So I'm, I'm just, just so you know, if you see me drink a beer, that means we've got a graphic up and I'm not on air. So that's a little inside baseball there. But um, just let me know if you guys want to talk about a team schedule because I've got uh, I can scroll them up and, and bring them up too. So yeah, um, so I FB, do feel fbsschedules.com is uh, deserves a Pulitzer this year. Oh my god, yes. Um, I do. I am very interested in Arkansas. I, well, I actually, I, it's not even that. I do. I think it's very interesting that they have these like four first year coaches and they're just like throwing them into the sky, like just whatever. Like it's like, the, you don't have to out for a good schedule. Get out of here. Pittman. Yeah. But I, now I do, I will say if you're Eli with Jerinkwitz or you're Sam Pittman, you kind of like, like, wouldn't you rather just like suck in a year? That's like, maybe not going to finish. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I think honestly, it's like everyone slammed, uh, Hunter Yurichek, the the Arkansas athletic director, but it's like if if there was some sort of trading system that went on around this schedule, then I would give him credit because Arkansas wasn't going to be good anyways. The season may or may not happen, right? And you know, it's like okay, well, anyone that that has a shitty twenty twenty is going to throw an asterisk. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Like like everybody, there's this concept in podcast and played nobody with bill Connolly about like the idea of a year zero right where sometimes um a team is so bad and they're switching so they're, they're making such a large like schematic or philosophical uh shift that they don't have a first year coach they have a year zero coach which is like there's an understanding in the athletic department that they're just going to be bad so for instance georgia tech last year was 100 percent year zero like it, that is what that is part of why they were so obnoxious jeff collins was because he knew any tiny victory he could crow about because he had no expectations. And I think like as a non, as just a SEC football fan, I have the four new coaches in the SEC, Arkansas, Missouri, Ole Miss, Mississippi state pulled up here and their schedules all interest me. So like Arkansas, you get 
Mississippi or sorry, Arkansas, you get hold on. Man, th- this is not the updated one. No, I think, well, I think I, yeah, if Arkansas, you open with Georgia. Yeah. Mississippi State, Auburn. Yeah, just it's missing the September game for some reason. Yeah. Open, open date, AM, Tennessee, Florida, LSU, Missouri, Alabama. <laughs> I mean, Arkansas legit might win like two games next year. I, you know, I mean, everyone's freaking, everyone's freaking out about Arkansas and Missouri. It's like, well, I mean, they still had to go through eight. You just added two games. They were going to play Alabama anyways. They were going to play LSU anyways. Yeah, I mean, it, it, and it's not so much that like – and my, my point with that is not even like that that's a, that's a bad thing so much, but I just think um, it's very interesting. Like you, you were saying about like trading favors, and I do genuinely wonder like – is that something that if you're one of those four ADs, like, did you just take that lump? Because Missouri's is rough as well. Missouri, very, I mean, very first, rough. I mean, look at their first five games. I mean, yeah, man. But Alabama, Tennessee, LSU, Vandy, and then Florida. I mean, if you're Eli Drinkwitz, like, you try to win that Vandy game, and then you just, like, work depth, right? I mean, like, that's – I'm sort of – that's sort of a uh, – that's sort of an exaggeration, but I don't know how much of one it is. I, I think I think if you're Drinkwitz, you're circling Tennessee, right? You're yeah. telling you're, you're telling you're telling your team, okay, we we're gonna we're, the, Alabama and Georgia are better than us. Play your best. Who knows? Do you you know do you coach? Yeah, them. yeah. But you circle that Tennessee game. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's that's maybe not winnable, but mm-hmm. it, it, you know if you can get to Tennessee and you're one and two and you got I mean you can you can I mean four wins three wins. It's a hell of a season for Drinkwitz. So I think I, I, I think the person who has the most interesting first year schedule is uh, Mississippi State because yes. they go LSU, Arkansas, UK, T- uh, TAMU, Open, then they go Alabama, Vanderbilt, Auburn, Georgia, Ole Miss, Missouri, and it's like every time they have an Alabama, they have a Vanderbilt, and if they have any kind of so like you probably lose to LSU, you probably lose Texas A and M, you definitely lose to Alabama, almost certainly lose to Auburn and Georgia. Uh, but then you've got one, two, three, four, five coin, coin toss games. And if you're Mike Leach, it's just like throw the ball 40 times and see what happens. I guess. I mean, you could, you could like, or 80. Yeah. Or 80. Yeah. But you could reach like traditional bowl eligibility and get to six wins with that schedule. I think. No, Um, I I mean, it's, it's not like he's taken over like a, a barren roster, like Pittman and Arkansas. I mean, like there's talent on that roster. Absolutely. I don't know. You want to hear my like my my ultra hot take from? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready for this. Okay, so my ultra hot take is that either LSU or Florida is getting beat week one, or Auburn, LSU, Florida, or Auburn. One of the three is getting beat week one. Ooh, now Auburn, Kentucky. If they have a quarterback, they got a good team. Terry Wilson's back. Yeah. I mean, again, t- Kentucky. If they have a quarterback, I stand by that statement. They got a good team, and I and I do think Lane Kiffin. Did he bring Kendall Bryles with him? Yeah. I mean, look, it's debatable whether or not Kendall Bryles is a good human, but the dude can score points, and there's and he can, he can score them in bunches and early, and he does not have the lane. He does not have the track record of like Mike Leach, where he you know won't score at first. Um, I, I don't want to get too far afield from Georgia here. I mean, you go into the with Georgia's schedule. If you go into the bye week and you're five and one, how are you four and one? Well, if you're five and one, you'd be impressed because you played an extra game. But if you're four yeah. and one going, going into the bye week, 
assuming that that loss is Alabama, I mean, you're feeling pretty good, right? Like, yeah, still, I mean, still, still control your own destiny, basically. Yeah. I mean, because it's very likely that Florida is going to have a loss. I mean, they're at LSU in that first half. Um, they have Texas A&M at home. So, like, I, it's a rough schedule, and you're right. There is a little bit of me that wonders, like, how much did we politic to do fair? Because everybody else was not being fair about this. And I feel like we tried to play it fair because that's the Georgia way or whatever, capital G, capital W. Um, okay, I got a trap game for you on our schedule. Look at that Kentucky game. Yeah. Uh, you're coming off Alabama and you got the open date. I mean, that that I don't know See, if that's the definition of a trap game, but I... It, it is a trap game. I, I will say, though, that Kentucky game, if you lose to Alabama, we're going to win that Kentucky game by like 45 points. And the I think the concern is if you beat Alabama, like especially if you beat Alabama like 28-24 or something, and it's like a fourth quarter game, and you're probably the number well i don't know what the rankings mean but like you're probably in the cat seat to you know go to the natty at that point mm-hmm. early in the season i'm that that would really get me worried really get me worried Georgia does not play well at kentucky either like mm-hmm. historically going back it's you know, not good you know i low key like that stadium y'all ever been there it's a nice yeah. stadium no, that's not. my next my next my next away game is i want to do the bourbon trail and it's real pretty it's it's like a real big, like open bowl. I I have, I don't have it in my heart to hate Kentucky. I got to tell you guys, like, I really, I really don't. Like, I just, they got some cool uniforms. Like they, you know, I haven't lost to them enough to hate them. The nah, chrome checkerboard. Yeah. No, it's, oh, there's nothing wrong. You can't hate everybody. You got to, you got to save the hate for, you know, Florida, Auburn, I guess tech. I don't know. So, um, you know, we kind of answered. I guess we don't have I mean, to hate tech this year. We can we can maybe give some more hate to somebody else. A, yeah, we can we can be apathetic about tech. Um, Abby Key, who is one of was Abby Key. You guys don't know this, but Abby Key was our literal first listener. Like, listened to the first episode and was like the first person on Twitter uh-huh. to be like, "Hey, these guys have a podcast." She asked a question um, that we already kind of answered. How many games do you think that you will will actually play this season? Uh, and you guys said the whole game. I. I do think there's a possibility that if things get real bad nationally right around that bye week, they might try to get through the bye week and then like delay, pack it in, move stuff around, and then it'll get wild. But you're right. I think we'll get through a lot of it. Um, what part of the schedule lineup made you want to go back to our original pre, uh, pre-COVID schedule? That's the second part of her question. I mean, uh, Auburn to game two. I yeah. Mean, I mean, because I want that game should be in November no matter what. So it's yeah. pretty neat. I actually have Abby's uh, Ask CBC question on the screen. So, oh, let's see what you do. Here's a key that we know there's that we're not on screen. Oh, okay. Sneaky like that. Yeah, you got to give me your like, I'm going to watch you for mine now so that we can <laughs> mirror. Um, I mean, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, it's the obvious question, but she asked it. So she got some screen time. No, definitely the Auburn game, game number two. I mean, I much, think there's too much on the line. Even that's one that you throw the record books out. You know, that's the that's the game besides Florida you want to win on. Uh, it's just to me, yeah. I, it's so important. And it, yeah. this year it's important because it's front loaded. Yeah, Graham, go ahead. Well, I mean, the other thing that really kind of turns my stomach a little bit about our schedule. And I don't know if it's a really good thing or a really bad thing, but having South Carolina second to last game of the year. Um, it just seems like, you know, one of those really Georgia things where we would like run the table up to that point and then just, <laughs> it. 
So kick four field goals. Yeah. 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 Kick four field goals and drop a wheel route and it'll be a big what if. I just okay. Here's to you, Mr. Producer. Um I I I think that sort of my general thoughts on the season remain the same. And I want to like when I look at the schedule, I, I sort of think that the, there's a little bit of a tempest and a teapot element to the whole like what will UJ's offense be? Not because I'm not interested in it. I think it's a hundred percent interesting. Like I'm like I want to do cut-ups, like I want to talk about like gap fills. Like I, I have a lot of thoughts about like blocking and like how does how do we look? Do we have this like old miss old miss blocking style? I got a lot of thoughts about that, but I mean, I, I go back to my wins above replacement theory. Even the low end of the curve of results with this UGA defense, if this offense is just competent, like, and I mean like 28 points a game competent, oh yeah, we're going to win most of our games. And if the offense takes a step forward after the bye week, then we're really cooking with gas, right? I mean, and, and I think, you know, we talked about, you know, what could the defense do on the show in a couple episodes ago and, we talked about, you know, how could we regress in total yards, but have better, you know, havoc, all that business. But like, whatever the statistical profile of, of this defense, there is so much talent on it that I have a hard time thinking that a Kirby Smart defense with this much talent. I mean, like this legitimately might be Kirby Smart's second most or first most talented defense he's ever coached. Like, it just depends on what you think about like 11 Alabama. Right? All right, I, got, like, I, got yeah. my, I got, I got, I got our friend Lance McCurley from Bulldog Illustrated on here. It's the last time Arkansas played UGA. Uh, dogs won 45-32. Nick, Nick Chubb ran for 202 yards. Conley had five catches for 128. Could those numbers be similar this year? So, I mean, Lance is uh, excited, and he thinks that we're going to be a lot better on offense. So I'll tell you that much. I'll tell you this much. We're, I would be shocked if we gave up 32 points to Arkansas. <laughs> uh, I'm not watching anymore. <laughs> yeah, just like your presence has cursed us. I'm just back. Yeah, I – I, I I think, you know, knowing Sam Pittman and knowing, okay, I don't think we're going to give up 32 points to Arkansas, but I'd be I'd be shocked if we scored more than 30 because Kirby Smart does have a history of, like, he'll go easy on his boys, and I think we are going to get up by, like, 21, 24 and put in the third string. And I think that because Sam Pittman and Kirby Smart respect the shit out of each other, Sam Pittman will also put in the third string. And I think, like... And little Derek Mason thing going on? Yeah, well, I just think, like, quarter three and four is going to be like, you know, last year's Oconee County football team playing last year's whatever like the local Arkansas team is. I, don't, I, I couldn't disagree more. We have no spring reps are down. He's and we've got a That's quarterback true. and we got Auburn coming down. I mean, there's just, yeah. no, there's no I, mean, I think if anything, it's be like, uh, you know, Sam coach Pittman, you know, would probably understand more than most uh, how important uh, reps. every snap is. Yeah, so. You're right. In a normal, I would say in a normal season. Yes. That, I, I would and be if, right. and if now JT, that I think about it, you're right. And if I mean I would honestly see like JT Daniels come in, you know, or whoever the second. I mean, if he's healthy and clear to play, because you need every quarterback to get snaps. And I, it's not it's not going to be put to putting your taking your foot off the gas. It's going to be yeah. keeping the gas with different players. Because but also you know have to do this year. Taking your foot off the gas is probably going to look different this year when you have. JT Daniels replacing uh, Uncle yeah. Rico as your second quarterback. You know. Like yeah. so, I, I don't think yeah. he's gonna be healthy for the first game, but yeah. no, probably not. Well, I, mean, I don't know if he is healthy though. It's like because especially now that he basically he gets an extra month to get healthy before we kick off. True. 
Do you think there's any potential that we see a green Shockley style rotation system early on in the season until a quarterback establishes themselves? Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't feel yeah. like. It's, I I think it is and it isn't, but I think it's going to be different because, like Green Shockley was like a, a, a strategic decision, right? So it was like we're going. Yeah. I feel like it might happen because. Uh, this is this is borderline hot take. This is like sort of simmering hot. This is a simmering take. I'm excited. Okay, like I sort of like the sort of core fundamental premise of this show is that uh, outcomes are de- determined by inputs, right? And so you right. can get in, and God knows, like Graham and I have talked a lot recently about how much we love narratives, and I'm writing poem poems on our Twitter uh, message uh, to, between us. But like, I do really think that like my fundamental philosophy on football is that. What you put in is what you get out. And for instance, last year, I mean, outside of how much shit we talked about James Coley, we, we obviously had some holes on that offense. That offensive line was not as good as we thought. We got what we had coming in. We just made some misevaluations, or at least that's how I felt about my evaluation, right? And I'm just saying that it's maybe not likely, and I'm really trying to like, I'm not trying to say that UGA is going to be really good on offense. I'm just saying that if you have enough pieces in this stew pot of quality there is a not insignificant amount of chance that something good happens right and i just think that there's a possibility that we get a green shockley uh shockley rotation but it's more just like well we're 28 points up on tennessee so yeah shit yeah jt Daniels is gonna get in the game right uh, like uh, yeah. yeah i think you i think there's a lot of reasons you're gonna I'm, say not talking, I'm not talking about that i'm talking about like an actual like you know well, I mean, two series. Daniels gets a series like when that. We say that Jamie Newman, when we say Jamie Newman is a, a more polished passer at this point in his career than Shockley was in 05. Yeah, I mean, he led the the nation in like downfield yeah. accuracy. So that's the, that's the question. I mean, I if I don't know how complementary their skill sets are in that sense because I don't know that Newman is even the worst pocket the worst pocket passer of the two of them. That's true. That's fair. but I I also like my lukewarm take that I'm not I I I'm avoiding saying I think we're going to be really good on offense. I just think if you throw that many four and five stars at a problem, it can't fail every time. <laughs> like, and I know NC State. I know NC State has been saying this for like 25 years, and it has continued to fail. But no, I here's here's the guy that you know, like before LSU last year, they had considerable talent and can. Cons- consistently finished 15 and below same with usc usc was had alabama close to alabama talent on their roster in the uh in the uh college football playoff era and did not really ever get over the hump now i don't think it's fair at all to compare georgia i mean georgia's finished fifth in the in the standing or in the rankings and and finished you know runner up in 2017 so i think Kirby Smart's already produced more than some of those USC and and quite honestly the L- I mean if you look if you go track LSU's roster from 2014 to 2018 there's a lot of missed opportunities there so I, I just uh, you know it's it, 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 I mean, I'm gonna say it can be done you can underproduce with a lot of talent and have a bunch of true. a bunch of talent and, and hey what was holding LSU back coaching the off- right with the, well, the offense the off- specifically offensive coaching right and it's like yeah. Well, you, I mean, or, and a quarterback. Yeah. And I, mean, and I, I, I think, don't, I don't want to throw shade on Fromm, but he didn't play that good last year. 
Well, yeah. he, regardless of whether he I was, I just want to throw shade on <laughs> I don't know if Fromm had the yips. I don't know if he was hurt. I don't know if it was a combination of three things. I don't know if he hated James Coley and slept with his wife. I don't know what happened. But objectively, Jake Fromm was not the Jake Fromm that we knew last year. And again, wins above replacement theory says that, you know, Jamie, if Jamie Newman is just sort of like himself, but with better talent, I mean, I think that the sort of conventional wisdom about Georgia, there is actually some real wisdom in it, which is the idea that like, if Jamie Newman is just himself with slightly better talent and still has some flaws, Georgia has enough talent around him that he's going to produce at a better, oh, pause. <laughs> he's going to produce at a higher level than from did just naturally but i also i'm starting to get a little i'm trying not to buy tr hype on the monken train here boys uh, well we're gonna hype that up later right we got i, some, I just we're gonna get some game tape we're gonna do that guys uh, give us some ideas for some shows that you guys want us to talk about too because yeah we'd love to hear them yeah, yeah we're gonna we're gonna dig into some some oklahoma state monken games maybe some tampa bay games i wonder when's the last we're time gonna, we're gonna do a show give us some ideas backfields baby Full House Diamond, uh, what is it? Full House Diamond Wildcat or whatever. But I, I, I just like. When was the last time UGA had an offensive coordinator that had an actual like philosophical personality? Like it was Mike Bobo. The, the answer is Mike Bobo. Was the last time that UGA had an actual offensive identity? Running the ball to win is not an oh, offensive okay, identity. Timer, but okay, we'll do it your way. <laughs> Yeah, Sean Heiner's offensive identity was to try to install an NFL offense on 20 hours a week of practice. Yeah. And then to give up halfway through the year and just let Todd Gurley run the Wildcat. You know, I saw him and when I was walking out of one of the, it was before I really hated him. So it had to be kind of early in the season that year in 2015. And I was, I was walking out of the stadium after doing stuff with the Redcoats and I just saw him and his dad. And it was just such a weird, normal like sort of post-game thing where they were marty? both just yeah it was just oh, brian oh. and marty yeah it was hey, just we, got a, hey, we just got a commitment uh javon oh, bullard has committed we got to go dogs from coach and everything good there's that that's that uh three-star defensive back i think i think so yeah um so we are breaking news on the show for the first time ever chapel ball curve has broken some news um but i mean i i think I I just feel like that this is a tough but workable schedule, and we didn't get any favors done for us politically. But ultimately, you go into the bye week four and one, and you're golden, right? Like it. That's that's what it is. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's yeah, it's it's survive. I mean, I don't know. I still feel like you got to beat Alabama. I mean, you're gonna have to beat them at least once. I feel like. Yeah. I mean, you you. I don't see anything's. I, again, I think we talked about this in the other shows. Like, I don't necessarily see anything in the schedule that that swung anything in anybody's favor. Um, you know, I think Alabama was going to be the favorite in the West, and I think Georgia's the favorite in the East with Florida right there. And then, yeah. I, I, I mean, I mean, I think Auburn and A and M were needed some stuff to go their way, and certainly two games, two more SEC games wasn't what they were gonna, what they were hoping for. But I just, I think you just, we, we got to win the games. And I actually. A lot of people have, have been high on Auburn this offseason. And I do think, you know, looking at their schedule, that closing stretch of a Mississippi State team that's probably going to have their shit together at that point in the year, Tennessee, Alabama, and then Texas A&M, <clears throat> that's pretty rough. And it's like that, you know, 
I could see Auburn doing a really Auburn thing and beating Alabama. And then here's another the last week of the year and, and costing them to the division. Yeah. Another kind of poorly kept secret is that Bonex was not very good last year. Like statistically, no. he was not very good. He, he did not even by the standards of freshmen, he was only okay. And he had he was really a boomer bust player. He was either winning them the Oregon game or he was uh losing them the Georgia game, pretty much, right? Like I don't know, boys. I, I, this has been a pretty quick little episode. We can't, we've kept it so far to like a tight 30. Um, do you guys have any other thoughts on the schedule? Any other things you want to cover before we get out of here? Yeah, I, okay, I want to I put up the, uh, the late breaking news on, um, well, that Cade Mays. Did you guys, you heard that? Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. We got to talk about Cade Mays for sure. Yeah. One more thing. I have not heard this news yet. So Cade Mays was, de- was denied his transfer waiver request, I which means. finger on why. Ha! He 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 missed it by one nail. He missed it by a nail's breadth. Just a nail. Yeah. Um, I think that what makes this hilarious is that, and I might be misremembering his eligibility, but I think this kind of means he probably will not play it down for Tennessee, right? Because if he has to sit the year out, and this is his third year of eligibility, he's got a decent chance going to the league next year, right? Like, maybe yeah. Am I mis like Am I misremembering? He played two years at UGA, right? No, yeah, last year was his sophomore year. So, I mean, yeah, he, he will – I mean, technically he'll be three years removed from high school. He can go to the pros if he wants to. Oh, wow. See, that never dawned on me. Yeah, so I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I, I don't want to be petty. I just think that's hilarious. <laughs> that, no, I mean, you don't want to be petty. I call BS on that. We're, we li- I, we're, we're fans. We're, we're, a homer, yeah. we're a homer team. We Yes. I, okay, fine. I 100% do want to be petty. If you want to get really petty, you can play, you know, he's also never going to get to play beside his brother, which wasn't that kind of the point of him Boys. going. Yeah. I, I, I think for, I mean, I feel much more sorry for Luke Ford than I do. Yeah. Luke Ford got screwed over. Luke yeah. Ford got like, uh, what was the name of that guy who was a UGA offensive lineman who was in like NCAA testing purgatory for like four oh. years. Uh, Colton Houston. Yeah. 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 Uh, Luke Ford got like Colton Houston level screwed over, but I I have not, I don't have a lot of sympathy for old Cade mainly because like he's from Knoxville and I know the schools involved and like, I still have some like biases from when I taught in Knoxville. Um, Also his beard makes him kind of look like I wouldn't get along with him. I I don't know. You look at a man's beard like that and you just think, "Mm, Mm. probably not. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to, Put up our schedule one more time and get any last thoughts here. Uh, uh, I, I do think, you know, week two is going to tell us a lot about everybody. Um, yeah. Alabama, A&M, you know, Auburn, Georgia, obviously. Even Florida, South Carolina, like who knows. I, I, think- I absolutely love this. I mean, this feels like an NFL schedule. I mean, it just does where it's like, you know, it, it, it is wall-to-wall football. And yeah. there's not one week off. I mean, you cannot look at one team. I mean, even Vanderbilt at the end of the year, that game, that who knows what the teams are going to look like at that point. You know, I mean, yes, we should be, we should be favored in, you know, nine of 10 games. Um, and, uh, you know, so what's, what's your line on, uh, on the, on the Auburn game? What do you think? You guys are, you guys want to gamble? I'm going to say Georgia minus 10 and a half. Whoa. Whoa. See, I was going to say that this feels like a classic Vegas zone where they don't know enough and they put it at like four and a half or five. 
You give I think Georgia's probably about it. I think Georgia's probably about a touchdown better, but nobody'll know what to do with it. And so they'll put it at like four and a half, probably. Here's the thing. Home field advantage. What's that? You know, it's traditionally two and a half, three points. But right, you know, yeah, I, 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 I you're right. I mean, if it, if this was a neutral field, I think Graham would be closer to being right. I think you'd get Georgia eight or nine just because of the uncertainty on off. I mean, Auburn's got to be Auburn's got to replace some on defense. Auburn's yeah. got to replace a lot on defense, and so no Derek Brown, no Marlon yeah. Davidson, no Big yeah. Cat Bryant. That's all. put up any resistance if you make it easy for Georgia offense you're going to actually probably lose because that's the side where they have worries right like and that's that's I think what's compelling about the Alabama game because it's been a long time since Alabama has made it well let me rephrase it's only been one game since since Alabama has made it easy on an offense but that was against Clemson but before the Clemson game it's been a long time since Alabama has made it easy on an offense right like um and so that's what's compelling about it but I think from Auburn's perspective, like if you let Georgia just run up the middle, like it, like Kirby Smart wants to, and like don't even make them do monk and stuff, like they're gonna beat you by like twelve points in the most boring game possible. Yeah, I just, ha- I just had the Malzahn gif where he's doing the uh, barbells. So I mean, like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just having, I'm going a little crazy here on the, the post production. So. I'm drinking at the production table. <laughs> yeah, you gotta stop, man. Did um, you guys uh, see the projected opening lines? For week one, yeah, it's like not. the favorites. It's like a hundred and fifty point total favorites. It's crazy. Well, I mean, here's what fascinated me. Okay, so Texas A&M is a thirty-seven point favorite against Vanderbilt, which, Jesus. like, I know it's Vanderbilt, but that's a lot of fucking points. And yeah, I might actually take Vanderbilt, but oh, yeah. plus thirty-seven. Yeah, yeah, that, that's. But what that says is that Vegas thinks A&M is going to be really good. Well, it also, they are good. They should be good. I will also say we didn't get to this. We're talking about favored by twenty three and a half to open the year at Vandy last year. Yeah, I've got yeah. Brett McMurphy's tweet: A and M minus thirty seven, LSU minus twenty six, Georgia minus twenty four, Alabama nineteen and a half, Auburn minus eleven. I'm taking Kentucky in the points. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, I, I know this is Ole Miss is plus eight at Florida's uh, uh, at. Yeah, I, I think that I think that the smart money might be to take Arkansas in the points there because I don't think that's I don't think it's going to happen. But it's not out of the realm of possibility to think that Georgia has some hiccups in that first game and wins yeah, by like seventeen. That's why I'm, I mean I think everyone should will have hiccups. So it's like that's why it's shocking to me that LSU is a twenty six point favorite over Tennessee or over uh, Mississippi well, the State. Other, the other thing I find the other thing I find to be interesting. Um, and we didn't talk, we didn't really get to this when we talked about our non Georgia schedule stuff is like the real, the person who got really boned and it probably didn't matter cause he was getting fired anyway, but Derek Mason got boned by the schedule, man, because like he was probably getting fired, but he is going, his inequities as a coach are going to be on full microscopically detailed display in this, with this freaking schedule, dude, cause he is not just going to lose some games. He's going to get like atomized in some, in, in several games. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, A&M, A&M LSU to open the season. He might not make it to the Carolina I mean, game. They, they could lose those two games by a combined 100 points. Like, it's not off the table. I really do appreciate the fact, though, that even though the SEC kind of screwed us in some ways on the schedule, that they were like, you know what? You guys aren't going to play Georgia Tech this year, so we'll throw Vanderbilt in at the end so you can have your <laughs> good feeling like, 
you know, happy vibes, senior Your day. Your gold-colored senior day, yeah. 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 Oh, and, um, and Vandy ends with Kentucky, Florida, Tennessee, Georgia. So, yeah. oof. Yeah. Oof. Um, all right. Well, boys, uh, it's been good. It's been fun to hang out with you tonight. I think that's about all we got. Um, we were, we're happy to bring you, I think our third episode of battle hymnal, a little bit lower, a little bit more breaking news, a little bit less planning on our side, but I think it went well. Um, you guys got anything before we get out of here? No, I do. I I tweeted in a lot of retweets, read Graham's article. We're going to touch on it some more. It's, it's it's a, it's an important a very important thing. You want to say anything on that, Graham? Because it yeah, was Graham, Graham wrote a really, really good off. article, really good article on dog sports about mental health and just taking care of people in this time. And you should just read it. Um, Graham, do you have anything you want to add? Uh, well, first, just thank you guys for those kind words. And um, yeah, I mean, I I had a buddy uh, who passed away last week, took his own life. Um, and, you know, the, the premise of the article is just that it's it's been a tough year and people are struggling um and you know it's it's easy to see things on social media or you know assume things are good and just check in with your people y'all that's really that's really my my message and you know football season uh even if it does happen in its entirety you know we're not going to have our our usual rituals of, of tailgating and gathering together and that's i know that's a time that for me personally like i always feel a high level of connection that uh i really enjoy and you know really enriches my life so it's like i I hope that we all kind of as a a georgia community as a college football community can find ways to give that to one another even if we don't have a physical stadium to gather around well thank you both for coming on and we will catch you in the classic city next time that there are fans there and that we can safely do so but until then go dogs go dogs (laughs) 